at Revelation 21. We're going to look at verses 1 through 5 of chapter 21. Uh, and then uh, we'll look at some other verses too. And he showed me a pure river of water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and the Lamb. In the middle of its street, on either side of the river, was the tree of life, which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. The leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there was no more curse, but the throne of God and of the Lamb shall be in it, and his servants shall serve him. They shall see his face, and his name shall be on their foreheads. There shall be no night there. They need no lamp nor light of the sun, for the Lord God gives them light, and they shall reign forever and ever. And then go over to Revelation chapter 22. Oh, that's where I was at? Okay, well, back up to 21. No wonder it didn't make sense to me. <clears throat> I wonder why I heard pages turning. Now I'm red. Verse 1, 21. Now I saw a new heaven and a new earth for the first heaven and the first earth. I think I'm at the right place. Had passed away and there was no more sea. Then I, John, saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from heaven saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men. And he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. And God himself will be with them. And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. And there will be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There shall be no more pain. The former things have passed away. Then he who sat on the throne said, Behold, I make all things new. And he said to me, Write, for these words are true and faithful. Let's pray. Father, we do thank you for uh, tonight that we can come aside and worship you. We can sing your praises. We can lift our prayers up to you. And Father, you hear us and you are with us. What a blessing. Now, Lord, as we concentrate on your word, by the power of your Holy Spirit, make it come alive to our hearts and to our minds. Give us ears to hear you and minds to understand you and hearts to obey you that we will not be forgetful hearers of the word, but faithful doers of your word. And Lord, for these that are here tonight, I too pray your blessings upon them. They could have been anywhere else tonight, but they chose to be in their, your house because they love you. And I ask you to bless them because of that in Christ's name. Amen. Amen. Years ago, uh, they used to let uh, pigs range free. Now, this was not feral hogs. In South Arkansas, they called them house hogs. So why did they call them house hogs? Because they wanted them around the house, but they, not being pinned in, would wander here, there, all in the bottoms, whatever farm you had. They might get in the neighbors every once in a while. And <clears throat> you'd have to go find them. And when you found them, you would take a little bit of corn in a bucket or a whole bucket of corn, and you'd drop a little bit here, a few kernels there, a few kernels there. And as they started eating, they would sniff out those kernels until they made it just a few here and a few there until they made it back to the house. And uh, they were called house hogs because a lot of times they lived under the house, as smelly as that sounds. We don't know a lot about heaven in our Bibles. There are a few kernels here, a few kernels there. But as surely as we follow those kernels, you get a picture of what heaven 
in a little bit is what's going to look like. And basically, from these verses, I think that we find out that in heaven, our every need will be met perfectly. In heaven, our every need will be met perfectly. So let's, let's talk about that for just a little bit. <clears throat> uh, again, in, in uh, Revelation 21, realize that heaven is a place of perfect fellowship. Heaven is a place of perfect fellowship. Those first few verses really talk about that. And verse 3, especially, it says, And I heard loud voice saying, Behold, the tabernacle of God is with men, and he will dwell with them, and they shall be his people. God himself will be with them and be their God. You see, in heaven... It's a place of perfect fellowship, and he starts off, and we're reminded that it's perfect fellowship with the Father, okay? The Apostle Paul uh, says this way in 1 Corinthians uh, 13, 12, he said, Now we see through a glass dimly, but then face to face. Now we know in part, but then we shall know just as we also are known. In other words, what he's saying is, And that blessed day when God either comes back and gets us all or calls us home, there's going to be perfect fellowship with him in heaven. There's not going to be any sin to interfere with it. Of all the different sins we might uh, commit, there's not going to be any in heaven because there's no sin in heaven. There's not going to be uh, anything wrong with our fellowship and we will love and adore him and worship him as we talked about a little bit this morning. But you see, it's going to be a place of perfect fellowship. Now, you know, Adam and Eve, I think, had that fellowship at first. It said in the cool of the evening, God would come down with them and walk with them in the garden. Now, a lot of scholars will say, well, that's just a a, a poetic speech. You know, they couldn't really see God or this, that. Look, they hadn't sinned. There was no sin in their life. He came, and however he revealed himself to them, it was God. And they walked and talked with the Creator. And we're going to walk and talk and worship the Savior. And it's going to be a place of perfect fellowship. But not with that, it's a place of, uh, uh, of perfect fellowship with the redeemed. Okay, that's what Paul talks about in First Thessalonians chapter 4 uh, when he talks about, I don't want you to be ignorant, brethren, lest you sorrow as others who have no hope. Okay, for this we say to you by the word of the Lord, that we who are alive uh, will by no means precede those who are dead. And he goes on, he talks about that Jesus will come back with a shout, with the trump of God, with the voice of an archangel. He'll descend, he will be caught up in the air, and we'll meet with him in the air, and thus we shall always be with the Lord, and then those final words there, therefore comfort one another with these words. Why is that comforting? Because all those folks that we've lost over the years, they were Christians. We're going to have a, that song says, Glad Reunion Day. We're going to have that. And there's going to be perfect fellowship with the redeemed of God. You know, it, it amazes me to think back over all these years, how many uh, funerals that I have done or been to or watched and think of all those Christian folks who died in the Lord and one day I'll get to see those folks again. And that's going to be a blessing. I get to see my mama. I get to see the creases. I get to see my grandmother. Okay, I get to see 
my first two deacons. And let me tell you, they were so good to me. They they just watched out for me. When somebody wanted to skin me one time, they just both, before I could stop them, they were both just on it like a chicken on a dune bug. That wasn't going to happen. But let me assure you that you see there's there's fellowship with the redeemed. We're going to really learn how to sing up there. A new song. Okay. And uh, we have the best cooks around in our church. And the potlucks are marvelous. If you hadn't been to one, you need to come to one. But you need to understand something. It's not going to compare to the banquet with the Lamb of God. You see, it's sort of like uh, I told you that in the church I was at at Jacksonville before I came here, we had a group of men, and I think most of them were Guatemalans. They spoke Hispanic, but it was Guatemalan, and there's a little bit of difference between that and, and those that speak in Mexico. And, and uh, they were there every Wednesday night and every Sunday night. They worked the rest of the time, but they were there. And I really didn't know because they didn't speak English. But here's what they would do. They would all sit about where Brian and Tawny are sitting right there. And it'd just be a row of them. And every once in a while they would understand a word. And amen. Amen. Or praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. And hallelujah. We didn't say that very often. But in a Baptist church it slips out every once in a while. And usually it was me saying it and they'd say hallelujah. So I don't know what kind of Christians they were because they like saying those words. And then when we'd say the Father, they'd say Padre. And there was fellowship, even though it was a limited fellowship because of the language barrier. But they knew we were worshiping God. And if they understood the Bible passage, they had their Hispanic Bibles and would read along. And it was, to me, just a foretaste of what heaven would be like because I didn't realize that Maybe they were Southern Baptists. Maybe they'd been in churches down there that we'd started as Southern Baptists because we would sing songs and they they wouldn't sing the same words that we sang, but they knew the hymn. And they would sing it in Spanish. And so we have a big crowd uh, singing in English and they weren't daunted. They'd just sing louder in Spanish. And I thought, that's what heaven's going to be like when it talks about every nation, every tribe, every tongue singing to the glory of of God the Father. Amen. And so, when we talk about needs being perfectly met, it's going to be perfect fellowship. You see, we need to ask ourselves if there are things here that hinder our fellowship with God, we need to confess those and repent of those and do right. If there are things that hinder our fellowship among our fellow believers right here, even those that speak the same Arkansas we speak, then we need to make that right. See, because we're getting ready to be in a perfect place with perfect fellowship. And I don't have any proof for this. It's just my opinion, maybe my holy imagination or my little vindictiveness. But I believe those people we just don't get along with, that we just can't stand even though they're Christians, are going to be our next door neighbors in heaven. Because God has a sense of humor. And if you, yeah, he made, a, he made me, so he has a definite sense of humor. But the second thing, in verse 4, heaven is a place of perfect protection. Did you see that? It's a place of perfect protection. It says, let me find the verse again. 
in verse 4. It says, And God will wipe away every tear from their eyes. There shall be no more death, nor sorrow, nor crying. There be no more pain, for the former things have passed away. And if you drop to chapter 22, or ver, chapter 22, verses 12 through 14, it talks about that protection also. <clears throat> when it says, Jesus says, And behold, I am coming quickly, and my reward is with me, to give everyone according to his work. I'm the Alpha and the Omega, the beginning, the end, the first and the last. Blessed are those who do his commandments, that they may have the right to the tree of life and enter through the city gates. But outside of the dogs, the sorcerers, the sexual immoral, the murderers, the adulterers, and whoever loves and practices a lie. You see, it's a place of perfect protection. First of all, from sorrow, no more death. I cannot imagine a place where death is not present. You see, I cannot imagine a place where we don't lose spouses or children or, or loved ones, brothers and sisters. I, 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 that's just foreign to me because I, like you, live in a sinful world. And God was specific when he said that sin would bring forth death, and it has brought forth death in multiple ways since Adam and Eve. But see, there's not going to be any more of that kind of sorrow. We're protected from that because we will live eternally with God, our Savior. Then he says there'll be no more pain. Now, I don't know about you, but that sounds pretty good to me. No more pain. And the older we get, the more we realize this world is painful. Now, pain can be a blessing. It keeps us, it lets us know something's wrong. Pain can also be a curse because many people never get away from pain. As a matter of fact, uh, some people just wish it would all end because they're in pain every day, all day, all the time. Never any relief. But you see, heaven's going to be a place where there's no more of pain. And then when you read that chapter in 22, those verses, it's a place from anything that would harm. We're protected from death, from sorrow, from pain, and anything else that would harm. God is the one who takes care of us forever and ever. Do we realize that? Martin Luther said it this way. Uh, the Pope sent an emissary and said, Martin Luther, renounce what you're doing and here's all this gold. And he had a big chest full of gold. Martin Luther refused it. And the emissary went from kind to evil like that. He said, Martin Luther, do you really think these German princes who are protecting you now will continue to protect you? Do you really think that when the Pope's armies come, we won't crush them and you? Whose hands will you be in then, Luther? You'll be in the Pope's hand. And he said, nay, I'll still be in the same hands I'm in now, God's hands. And there's coming a time when we're in God's hands permanently, and there's no more to fear. It's perfect protection. You see, we from time to time suffer, but there, Christ's Spirit is here to help us now. But there, no more suffering, no more pain, no more sorrow, no more death. You see, harm threaten us on a day by day basis. But we need to remember there's coming a day that's no more. When Jesus says enough, and we go to be home with him. The final thing about heaven in these verses is this. Heaven is a place of perfect provision. 
What do I mean by that? See, chapter 22, verses 1 and 2 talk about perfect provision. He showed me a pure river of the water of life, clear as crystal, proceeding from the throne of God and out of the Lamb. In the middle of the street and on either side of the river was a tree of life which bore twelve fruits, each tree yielding its fruit every month. And the leaves of the tree were for the healing of the nations. And there is no more curse. See, it's sufficient uh, provision. You see, Ephesians 3.20 says, says it this way. Unto him who is able to do far more than we even think or ask, be glory forever. More than we can think or ask is what heaven's provision is going to be like. See, the river of the water of life, I think, is from the throne. It's Jesus himself. He says, whoever is a thirst, come to me and I'll give you water that will spring up into eternal life. Abundant provision. It said, God shall supply all your needs. That was uh, uh, one of Brother Britt's famous uh, favorite scriptures. He liked it when he said, my God shall supply all your need. He liked it. I can do all things through Christ who can strengthen me. See, all of our needs are met in heaven by God himself. Again, speaking of Charles Spurgeon, uh, his grandpa and his grandma had an old cow. And it was all that really kept them alive because it gave them a little bit of meat, meat, milk. Meat? No, that wouldn't keep it alive. Milk and meat. And they'd sell the butter out of the milk. And uh, uh, <clears throat> they would make a little extra money. And that bought them some of the other essentials that they needed. And one day they went out to the barn and the cow died during the night. And Grandma, being worried, said, what are we going to do? What are we going to do? He said, how are we going to make it now? And Charles Spurgeon's grandpa said, don't worry about it. God will provide. And then the next day after they'd prayed about it, the next day when the post came, uh, he was pastoring a very small church that couldn't really pay him anything. And the central organization sent him 20 pounds to help him out. So they paid some past bills and they bought a new cow because God does provide. Here and now. You see, our God is able to provide. And uh, we can ask for provision. And Jesus meets our needs. And he'll not leave out our needs. But in heaven, it's provided perfectly. You see, it's sort of like uh, when Brother Crease lost his mama. Uh, He loved his mama. He cared for his mama for years. And... uh, He told me he missed her so much. And then we went over there one day and he says, I'm okay. And he had told others this story and he told me this story. He said, there he was in his dream and he was with his mama. And they were at a train station. And his mama got on the train. And as they were starting to go away, she says, I'm okay. God's taking care of me. And he said he didn't fret anymore about his mama. Okay. And we need to understand that too. Because in heaven, all of our loved ones have perfect provision. And one day, it's that way for us also. Now, heaven is a place that we can't hardly imagine because it's so good. But you need to remember that hell is also a real place. 
And we should tell about people about heaven and about the Christ who promises us heaven so they don't wind up in hell. Would you bow and close your eyes? Maybe you're here and life has dealt you a lot of blows and you need to turn those blows over to Jesus tonight. Just come and surrender burdens. Maybe you need to come and rededicate your heart. Maybe you need to come and join this church or be baptized. Maybe you need to come and be saved because you never accepted Christ. That every day we're here preparing for eternity in heaven. Okay, that means we're to be more Christ-like every day. We're to be uh, more about the master's business every day because one day we're called home and work will be over. And we'll enjoy all the benefits that Christ promised us. Maybe you just need to come and thank Jesus for his promises tonight. I don't know, but you come as you need to come. Father God, this is your time. It's holy time because you're here. And I just ask, Father, that you'll remind us that this is not home. With all the problems, with all the frailties, with all that's wrong, praise the Lord, this isn't our home. That you've promised us a home. And it's completely different than this place. And we'll get to have perfection in you. And Lord, we thank you for that. Now let the decisions be made that will honor and glorify the precious name of Jesus. For it's in his name I pray. Amen.